by split decision. Hello and welcome to another episode of Split Decision UK. This is episode 48. We're mixing it up this week. We're here on a Sunday evening, so the fights are fresh in our mind. We're here to talk about all things MMA, so UFC, we've had a bit of Bellator, we've had some boxing as well. We're UK based, so we'll get stuck into some of that. My name's Joe. Over Skype is Matthew. How you doing, Matt? I'm very well. Happy as a Sam boy today. How Happy are you? as a Sam boy. Yeah, it's a new one to me, but I'm alright. Do you know what? It's... Uh, been through some uh, some illnesses recently. Nothing major to anyone out there who's worrying, but th- today I finally feel fresh. My cold's gone, my cough is going. I'm feeling good, I'm feeling raring to go. You're turning a corner. That's it, just oh. in time for our nice little trip to New York for the UFC at the end of the month. Oh yes, hotel booked. That's it. Flights booked, visa Flight. booked, That's it's it. all booked. It's all booked in, just need to turn up now. <laughs> That's the hard bit. <laughs> but these fights, Joe, last night, they, they were all right, I thought. Quite I thought that... exciting night of fights. No, I've got to Let's agree. Got to agree. Very uh, very exciting. I thought, uh, you know, when we looked at it last week as well, I think we, we were fans of it, weren't we? There's some good names on there. Obviously, that main event is kind of former world champ and all that kind of stuff. I suppose we'll, we'll start with the main event. And I, I picked Walterson to, to get this one done. She was up against Joanna. And I thought Joanna may be... They were just on slightly different trajectories, but I thought Joanna very impressive and kind of reminded me, sort of put me in my place in terms of how good she actually is because she was just on a different level to Watson, I think, and dominated the fight, rightfully so, won a unanimous decision, pretty much won every single round. Yeah, I think a reminder is, is a good word for it. It's just back to her old self. She looked like incisive striking, the surgeon, as she used to sort of call herself. Uh, she just looked unbelievable, never really looked in trouble, apart from that one moment at the end of the third round. But Waters had got her back uh, really impressively. Couldn't finish it off, but she, and by that same token, JJ looked great defensively on the ground. So, yeah, yeah back to her old self. I suppose the only question mark was the weight cut in, in fight week. Looked like she might not make the fight, whether it's mind games or not, I don't know. I don't think her two big enhancements have helped her weight cut <laughs> in breast number one and two. <laughs> but uh, she's right there on, on the cusp now. Wiley Zhang, JJ looks on paper. A must-see viewing. Yeah, it looks like it could be a fight of the year in terms of women's MMA. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that one, to be honest. I think if Rose was still there, you'd be like, nah, no thanks, I don't want to see Joanna against Rose again. If Andrade was there, I think you could have seen it. But yeah, I think Whaley Zhang against Joanna Jacek is, yeah, cracking, cracking fight because both of them technically look superb. I mean, I guess Whaley Zhang might have a little bit more power, but that is the fight I want to see next for Joanna. Like I say, very impressed, and it was a it was a good reminder to everyone out there that she's not finished, not by a long, long way. Well, yeah, Rose is just AWOL at a minute, isn't she? So we don't know where she is. It's doing JJ a favour because, obviously, she's got the two losses to Rose. I don't, I don't know where Suarez is at. I don't know, she's gone AWOL as well. Uh, could you shed any light on that, Joe, or are you in the dark like me? Yeah, I'm not sure. They seem to be keeping... Either, either the USC or Suarez's camp herself, which overall, when you step back, it might be a wise decision, but they seem to just be keeping Suarez back a little bit. I'm not too sure. Maybe they're thinking, if you look at it business-wise, they've got a, a, got a number of stars there now. They had Watson, who they liked. They thought they could get a bit of sort of credit out of the her. They got Joanna, they got Andrade, they got Whaley Zhang now, who's, who's a huge market out there. Perhaps they're just uh, spreading it out a little bit to make sure that they've always got that back up there should some someone lose or get injured or, or what what have you. Yeah, absolutely fair point. Uh, Walterson, 
Where does she go? Can, can she cut it in the championship levels of this division? I mean, she showed unbelievable grit and toughness to get through that. Always smiling somehow, yeah. despite being Man. covered in claret. Um, yeah, impressive performance from that aspect, but technically outclassed on the feet, unfortunately. I think she could go back to the drawing board. The division, while it's got a lot of talent in it at the top end, a couple of wins are in there. Yeah, that's it. I think she can go back to the drawing board and I think she can win some good fights. I think she might have been, her limitations might have been shown a little bit last night because Joanna is top class and unfortunately Michelle was nowhere near that. So we've moved down to the co-main. This was probably the one we were both looking forward to. Uh, I think that goes for a lot of the fans as well. This was sort of the people's main event. Crone Gracie versus Cub Swanson. Crone Gracie 5-0 and going into this one, coming off an impressive debut against Bruce Leroy last time out, and Cub, the complete opposite, four losses in a row. Joe, what did you make of this this fight? Brilliant, wasn't it? It was a brilliant fight, outstanding, just superb from both men. Crown Gracie, tough as nails, and he tough as old boots, the lad. Just kept going, but unfortunately, I do think, again, similar to the main event, I think Cub Swanson just outshined him again, and again, another similarity. It was, it was, a, it was a reminder that Cub Swanson is Cub Swanson. You know, we all know that name, and I think, I think he showed himself that he was just a bit too hot for Crone Gracie. He had no takedowns for him, did he, Gracie, really? I think he got one and Swanson was straight back up again. And technically, he just outstruck him. And I think, he, you know, he had power. I think all-round impressive victory for Swanson. And again, just, just reminded us all that he's here to stay. Crone Gracie, I don't know, what do you think? Was it just a little bit of a rush? I mean, when you, you've had five fights and then suddenly you're thrown in against Cub Swanson, who's the legend of the game, it's maybe maybe one, one little step too far there. Yeah, I, th- I think... In hindsight, we were probably all caught up a little bit in the hype of Crone Gracie, his invincibility, his heritage. But, but Cub, man, yeah, you, how many fights he had? I think he's had 16 featherweight wins in the UFC and WEC combined or some, something like that. One of the top top wins there. And Crone was just completely outclassed. I mean, to, to bridge that gap between 5-0 and o and some of the experience at Cub, despite being on a, a downward trajectory. That's almost it impossible, was, surely. It was. It was evident. It was a really tough ask for Crone. I mean, he was like you say, he was tough as nails to even just go through that. He was, imagine being striking with someone for 15 minutes when you're that outclassed and not getting put away. Then body shots, then body kicks. Absolutely excruciating. I mean, he won't be able to sneeze for a few months without that hurting, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, it was but good. I, I, thought, I thought the step up in class was evident. Glaring holes, really, if he's going to make any sort of fist of a title run, Crone Gracie. I mean, he's only 30, well, only 31. He's 31, so he ain't exactly a boy. It's, it's, it's disappointing, isn't it? Because we're all getting caught up in the hype of a Gracie sort of going on this spectacular run to a UFC title. But like you say, Cub, he just showed a remi- uh, reminded us all how, how good he is. I mean, people were writing him off. I mean, he's got four losses in his last four before this one, but they were, they're not against mugs, are they? Nah, and nah, he, and he's a different kettle of fish to Bruce Leroy. So, yeah, I'm, I am pleased for Cub. I, I wanted Crone to win, but if someone was going to beat, I wanted it to be someone like Cub because his job was on the line at the end of the day. Four losses in a row, and then if you then yeah, then lose to a five and zero second fight in the UFC guy. You're probably getting your walking papers. I mean, they might not have done that with Cub because of the company man that he is and stuff like that. He may have even retired after. But, yeah, pleased for him to get a win, really, and sort of, like you say, remind us of his skill set and his quality. 
Yeah, great shout there. So we've gone through two fights so far. We make predict- predictions every week, don't we? I've got both of them wrong so far. Move on to the next one. I got this one wrong as well. I thought I, put, I went out on a bit of a leg leash and I, I bet James Vick to get the comeback win up up at up at his new weight class. I thought, yeah, this is it. He's going to turn it around. Nico Price absolutely demolished him with a up kick. Believe it or not, he was he was on the floor and James Vick was looking to do a bit of work. Actually, he'd only just managed to get a little foothold in 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 the fight as it played out, and this was his moment. And Nico respond Nico responding with just a huge up kick. It was literally the heel right on his heel, probably the hardest bone in your body, I would have thought. And he yeah, just smashed it right into his jaw and put him to sleep straight away. It was one of those. It was so you know, it's so rare that you see up kicks that are effective at all. To then see an up kick that dropped someone, it it was so surprising that the ref almost I think it was Herb Dean, he was like, Oh, is is he out? Should I jump in? And it just took a little split second, but Jumped in in the end, and Nico Price, yeah, smashed it. James Vick's not looking good for him, though, I'm afraid. He can't get any luck, can he, Vicky? Uh, not at all. Four in a row now. I mean, it's he's in cut territory. I mean, you'd hope that they'd sort of cut him a little bit of slack. What with him fighting Gaethje, uh, who was the other one? Was it Barboza, Felder? Or maybe perhaps getting some of them mixed yeah, up. He's, yeah. not, he's not losing to mugs at the end of the day, so it would be a little bit harsh. But when you're four in a row and... What what really gets me is why why these fights? I mean, I get it. They're they're headstrong, they're proud, they're alphas, and they want to prove they're the best. But why go up a weight class and fight someone as tough as Nico Price? We see it. We're seeing it in the main event next week. We got it with Till and Gastelum. Why are you putting yourself in danger? Particularly when you're on a three fight skid. Ease your way in. Fights. Get used to the weight class. Get used to the fight camp. Get used to the weight cut. And, and fight someone a little bit lower down. Nico Price is an animal, and he and he does not give a damn. He's always throwing these wild strikes. I think he's the one who sort of knocked someone out with hammer fists once. I can't. It might be someone else, but I think it might have been him. He's just one of them unpredictable animals who's got knockout power. And I think it was a really bad decision uh, in terms of managing a career, but for James Vick and his and his team. By picking Nico Price when you move up, it's fifteen pounds. I mean, it's, we know Vic's a big boy, but you still got to fill it out. I thought it was a, a bad move from that aspect. But Nico Price, a big win with a, from a big name, knockout of the year, perhaps. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly um, an oddity, a rarity, definitely, isn't it? I think I like to see spinning back kicks to the face and things like that. But yeah, decent. It's, it's definitely one that's going to go into a highlights package because it is so rare and. It's kind of something, I guess, that Price will be remembered for for a little while now. Other than that, we can run through the rest of the card. It was very entertaining. We had Mackenzie Dern, the, the new mother. She was back. She was making another appearance. Made weight this week. Pretty comfortable as well, but unfortunately, got pretty handily out fault. She got beaten by uh, Rebass, who looked impressive, actually. So they like uh, Mackenzie Dern, the UFC, don't they? That was a decent fight. It was I mean, pretty much every single fight on this card I thought was entertaining. You got your money's worth. If you if you were paying for it, but yeah, Mackenzie Lederne lost. So that was another pick I got wrong. Actually, talking of the picks, one I did get right. Matt Frivola beat uh, Lewis Pena, aka Puis Pena, as you called him in the group chat this week. Another good fight, close decision. I think Pena was upset that he didn't get the win. I think it was fair enough that Frivola got it from my point of view. What say you? Yeah, it's one of them tight ones, isn't it? I mean, it could have gone either way. I I thought. Pena should have got it as well, but that's purely because I had him in the pinks. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's usually the that's the main sort of deciding point, isn't it, usually? But Eric Anders as well beat Gerald Mearshart. 
can't remember off the top of my head who I went for, but Eric Anders looked good. Again, another very entertaining fight, opening up the main card. Mearshart kind of, he, he was trying to get it down to the ground and do that, and Eric Anders, he's a big boy, isn't he? And he is your boy, Eric Anders, so good win for him as well. What do you think about that one? Again, I thought it was another one of those that could have gone either way. Close, wasn't it? Both yeah. splits, weren't they? Both splits, That's so yeah, it's, you just need the luck on the night and hope the judges and Lady Luck are on your side. And then if we move to the prelims, again, very entertaining prelims. We had some some kind of talking points in there, which we can get to. But Figueredo, I, I shouted him out last week. I said he was probably my highlight of the week to look forward to. He duly delivered. I don't really know why he's on the prelims, to be honest, because he's pretty much the best flyweight in the world at the moment. Big Tim Elliott, who was back off, uh, I think he tore an ACL. He's been out for a couple of years. Very exciting, Tim Elliott. He got himself a new barnet as well, which I was a fan of. So shout out to that. But yeah, Figueredo. Look, just looked a different league, to be honest. Got a guillotine finish first round. And Marlon Vera as well. This is sort of the Nathaniel Wood-themed fight we've got going on here. Marlon Vera beat Andre Yule, KO third round. Impressive for him. So maybe now that lines up the Nathaniel Wood fight that you've been calling for for a long, long time now. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's five knockout wins in five fights for Marlon Vera. Like, like we said last week, though, know, it did seem like a step down. Uh, I mean, he's ranked, so I don't know why he's fighting someone unranked. Who, and he's avoiding Nathaniel Wood, who has already beaten Yule. So, and he beat him pretty easily and probably a lot easier than it took for Vera to beat him last uh, night. So, yeah, they've got to match that up. I think Wood will be back very soon. So, yeah, I think that's, it's got all the talking points. It's got the narrative. It's got the Brad Pickett aspect. Yeah, and, and it'll be a phenomenal fight as well. Hopefully it gets made. There's been a lot of back chat um, on social media. So, yeah, the narrative's there. Let's make it happen. Anything more from UFC Tampa Flow Rider that you want to chuck in? Yeah, I, th- I think. Did you see the Alex Morono fight, Max Griffin? I thought that was quite a good little tear up on the prelims. I did actually. Very yeah. exciting. I, I haven't heard of Morono before, but apparently he's, you know, by all accounts, very impressive, very entertaining fighter, and I thought he put on a decent performance there as well. Absolutely. Uh, also, we had the Mike Davis versus Thomas Gifford. Mm. fights Joe did you did you get a chance to see this one I did see this one and it was kind of pretty painful watching I think everyone apart from Thomas Gifford's corner and the referee thought this one should have been brought to a close quite a lot lot earlier than it was Mike Davis just completely took him to pieces didn't he unfortunately for for Gifford now he was a last minute replacement wasn't he Uh, young Davis four days notice I believe yeah four days four days was it I didn't realise it was that short notice Um, he, he looked in a completely different league to poor Thomas Gifford. Oh, it's mad. I mean, round one, you could argue the ref could have stopped it at the end of that, but you could also sort of cut him some slack, but it's round one, hasn't yeah. taken quite as much damage. Not but you had the round. Round two, you had the exact same ending. I think he could have ended it there, if I am honest. But the, the, the big talking points between rounds two and three in it in the corner, goes sits down, Gifford, absolutely in pieces, probably mentally and physically, how do you feel? They ask him. Horrible is his answer. <laughs> and then they go on to ask him, "Do you want to keep fighting?" That you don't. His, his response to being feeling horrible. That's all you need to know. You take him out of the fight there and then. He's not going to say he wants to to quit there, is he? Like this being said in front of the world, the fighters are, are too tough for their own good. As bad as it sounds, that uh, they would fight to the death. Most of them. As horrible as that sounds. The coach's job is to take them out of that situation and make the decision for them. I, I thought it was pretty poor management there, particularly with the old man in the corner as well. You've got to just take him out. Don't give him the option. They shouldn't even be asking him how he's feeling. They should have just called that straight away. 
goes out into round three, uh, and it's same again, isn't it, Joe? It's just poor refereeing from there. I mean, that that last shot before the knockout, he could have stopped it, and he still lets it go. The ref, Andrew Glenn, is the fella's name. Oh, he's even gone out and got his name. <laughs> You're ready to trash name, him. His name is out there <laughs> because he he got pulled from a fight later in the night. So, oh, is that, that where Herb Herb had to jump in? That's why that was, Herb, was it? Herb got uh, inserted into one of the, the fights. I don't know which one it was. Uh, Andrew Glenn got his walking papers for the <laughs> So uh, you, Fair enough. Uh, at the end of the, uh, you've got to feel sorry for Mike Davis, really, because it was such a really impressive performance, and no one's talking about it. Um, I've got no no problem with Thomas Gifford. The poor lad's the one who's been knocked out, face-planted. 15 seconds to go in round three. But I've got uh, serious issues with the ref, and probably more so the corner. If, I, if I'm honest, they say, uh, yeah, corner knows their fight more than anyone. I don't know Thomas Gifford from Adam, <laughs> but I know he weren't going to win that fight in round three. And I know he wants to fight another day and any more like that. He won't be fighting uh, for much longer. So you've got to pull him out. Poor management from the corner. Poor referee. That's all I've got to say. But Mike Davis done well. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, yeah, very well put. I think I think you, you nailed that one. Definitely. So on on that kind of on that downer, should we, should we move on? Is there anything else you want to throw in? Nah, nah, you got in the downer. <laughs> That's what we specialise in here. So after that, because we, I, like I say, we have got a, a bit more to run through, but we might as well, might as well move on to the picks, our weekly predictions. So we got a little, we got a little little method going on, a little game. We make a pick. We've done about six fights this week, so we got a lot. So you pick a winner, you pick a method, and you pick a round, and it, so potentially you get three points per pick. All making sense so far. So, yeah, I went into this week with a 12-6 lead, Matthew. So I'll break down mine first. I had Walterson to win, so I get Neil Poir. I had Crone to win. I had James Vick to win. I had Mackenzie Dern to win. So all of those are a no. But I did have Matt Frivola, decision, so I get two points for that. And I had Eric Anders, so I get three points all in all, Matthew. Do you think you can beat three points? Well, I wouldn't put it past me to not. <laughs> Let's see how we got on, eh? So you had already, straight off the bat, Joanna Champion, Decision, two points. You nailed it for that. Then you had Crone, which is a no. But then you had Nico Price, round three, TKO. So you didn't quite get the round, but you did get the method and the man. So two points there. Four points. You are this week's winner. We'll just run through your others. Mackenzie Dern was a no. Puis Pena, that was a no, but you did have Eric Anders by decision as well. Six points for you this week, Matthew. Smashed it out of the park. Brought it back ever so slightly at 12-7. On we go to next week. You can't see me, Joe, but I've taken my top off and I'm flexing. <laughs> flexing hard. Doing a knee slide. I am. You, uh, we've, what have you turned in the corner on your, on your health front? I think I'm turning the corner on the picks. That's it. It's a week full of corners this week. It's all go. It is all go. <laughs> what is it now? 12-7. 12-7, yeah. So, you know, five points in it. Ain't too bad. Ah, buzzing. <laughs> and I think next week, I reckon I'll pull it out of the bag next week as well. I've got some cheeky ones. There is plenty of cheeky ones next week. Just coming back to this week, weekend briefly, Matthew, there was a bit of Bellator. I think there was a couple of Bellator events this weekend. I only saw the Milan one. And I guess the main thing to take away about this is that they're seemingly, on a consistent basis, getting some cards on Channel 5. On, on a Saturday night, Bellator, they put it together. They're on this European tour, and it's just good to see that they're finally getting it, and viewers can be like, OK, it's reliable now. Bellator, they're on Friday nights, Channel 5. Set it to record, and away you go. And we had 
some good, some decent fights on there. A couple of Brits, a couple of Italians. Main event was decent. Big stoppage there. But Melvin Manhoof still doing it. I think he's 44. Got a huge, terrifying ground of power KO in the first round against Bahati. So, yeah, decent little one there on Bellator. We also had some boxing at the weekend, Matthew. I don't know how much you've seen of this one. This one Josh Warrington was defending his titles again in Leeds against Sofiane Takouch, the Frenchman. Never been stopped before. Josh Warrington duly went and stopped him in the second round. Impressive performance. And I think this is just one to tide him over until we can hopefully get a big unification fight over in America. Or I believe there is a, currently a Chinese man holding one of the belts. So there might be an opportunity to go out there as well. But yeah, I think... Big fan of Josh Warrenson here. All his ring entrances with all the Leeds fans and the Leeds tunes is always brilliant. So shout out to that man there, Matthew. Shout out indeed. Echoed. I echo all that, Jack. Oh, but briefly, before we do go on, because it was a good card actually on BT Sport, lots of young talent, but there's a young man called Shabazz Massoud who was making his pro debut. He's avoided the amateur route. He's just wanted to go down, go down the pro route, and that's the way he's gone, but... He looked amazing. He looked fantastic. He was a switch hitter, orthodox to, to, to Southpaw at, at the click of a finger. Looked equally as comfortable in either position and put on an absolute clinic, absolute show. So Shabazz Massoud, the young man, one to keep an eye out for all your boxing heads out there. All right then, Matthew, I think that moves us swiftly on to this weekly segment. It is time for our weekly award, the Safoa Simon Safarov Award for Outstanding Achievement. It's your pick this week. Do you want to tell the fans what you've got for us? Yeah, absolutely. It's the Simon Safaroff Award for Outstanding Achievement, quote-unquote, the Safoa, uh, named after, well, the world-famous, I would say, Simon Saperberg Safaroff. That's it. <laughs> uh, you probably all know him. He's one of the biggest names in, in sports globally, I would say. Um, a monster of a man and uh, a cheeky little smile here and there from the big man. But uh, we, we like to celebrate the big man, Simon Safaroff, with a weekly award. Where, where one encapsulates, whether it's divine or dastardly, just a fantastic performance throughout the week and where they've offered us fans uh, something to cling on to in this uh, depressing world that we live in. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not really sure where to go with it this week. I thought, obviously, there were some very positive performances, what, whether it be Cub Swanson. He's on a four-fight uh, losing streak. He, he's fighting this to be legend in Crone Gracie and the, and he puts on one of the, the, the great performances of the night. Um, I think he's, he deserves a shout out and Joanna as well, uh, back to her old self, like you said, giving us a reminder of what she, what she is capable of. I mean, don't know, don't know if you want to say anything, Joe, before I announce the winner, if you've got any sort of tidbits, any other fighters you thought stood out over the weekend? No, I, I, I think you nailed it there, to be honest. I think, yeah, Joanna and, and Cub Swanson, like you say, for turning it around and just reminding us how good they all are, keeping their careers alive. Joanna, in, in her case, setting herself up for a title shot. Cub getting himself another new contract, keeping himself going. Brilliant shout-outs there. I think there, there was... there was. I don't know if you saw the really small ref who, was, I think, did one of the prelims. Did you see him? Uh, what prelim was it? Uh, it might have been the Max Griffin fight. I don't. I don't remember seeing anyone unusually small. Well, he was very probably about five foot, and it was just quite comical where you see him trying to lift up the fighter's arm, and he almost he can't really lift it all the way up, so he, just, <laughs> he has to kind of let go, and the fighter does does the rest himself. Like I said, I can't think of his name, but that's a that was a decent little one. Well, if it was Andrew Glenn, <laughs> he's definitely got it nailed on this week so far. Redeemed himself. I mean, I, I think this. Uh, it, I'm going to give it to because I can't, 
I don't know whether to give it to the ref in the Mike Davis Thomas Gifford fight or to the corner man, corner men, should I say? And what with Mike Davis's performance as well? I just want to sort of cling on to a little bit of positivity here. I'm going to give the whole Mike Davis versus Thomas Gifford fight the award for this week's Simon Safaroff Award for outstanding achievement uh, to encapsulate both divine and dastardly. Some very poor refereeing, some even worse corner work, uh, but a good performance by Mike Davis all the same. So, all right, all them lads, you should receive uh, an award in the post. Yeah, brilliant. Outstanding. We've got a little bit of news, Matthew. Should we move on to that? We've got uh, Kane, Kane Velasquez. We spoke about him last week, so we don't need to go too much into it, I wouldn't have thought. But he has officially left the UFC, he's exited the testing pool and he's signed with the WWE. So he's going full blast for this wrestling career, Kane. Yeah, I, a little bit surprising. Oh, probably not after last week's events, but just generally. I mean, I don't really think he suits the the WWE look. He's got, he looks a little bit soft in the old uh, in the old rig. He will, but, probably, he will probably need to do a bit of juice, won't he, just to try and get that. You know, it's entertainment. He? He's got to try and get a little six-pack going or something like that because... It's not enough for them to just know that actually Kane is one of the hardest men in the world and has proven himself against top competition. Like in wrestling, that doesn't really count, does it? You've got to have a six-pack and stuff like that. Yeah, you, either you've got to look the part or you can talk the talk. Uh, he, he can't really talk the talk either, so he needs to get on that juice ASAP, I would say, Joe. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's, it's a shame, really, to see him to leave the UFC and fight in a career just completely riddled with injuries. One of the best to ever do it, uh, robbed of uh, his prime years. That, then, about 10 years ago, when he was first hitting his stride, he was just one of the scariest men around. Uh, a silent assassin, just an absolute killer. Such a shame he, he couldn't prolong his career. But one, one of the greats all told, really, I would say. What about Brendan Lofnan then? He's making his way in the PFL, got another good win at the weekend. He put a little message out. Unfortunately, he didn't get a stoppage, but I don't think anyone's upset with that. Another good, good performance from the young man. Yeah, he just had to get over the line, get a win under his belt. It would have been disastrous to sign with him. He was sort of almost the main event. He weren't closing the show, but he was one of the, the highlights of the show for people tuning in. Um, but yeah, it would have been a disaster. He didn't get a win. So the win's the most important thing. Very lopsided decision. And hopefully he can go on to bigger and better things, getting that tournament next next year. And very briefly, Fedor is going to fight Rampage. Are you a fan? Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, it's in it's in the old Pride Arena in Japan. I think it's day or so before New Year's Eve. I can't, I'm not sure if it's co-promoting with Rising. I think it might be. But look, I, I don't mind seeing Fedor and Rampage fight fellas in their own sort of age bracket. I mean, it's a fun fight. Yeah, to be fair, I think they're both in sort of half-decent nick and they're at the same kind of level. So, it, you know, it's not like anyone's getting exposed and going up against someone who's at a different kind of stage, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, it's probably fair enough, that one. Other than that, I think, boys and girls, we should move on to next week's UFC card. We have got a little preview. It's in Boston this weekend. Got a couple of decent fights on here, Matt. Actually, it's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? You've got some real, real top draw, top quality prospects. You've got a returning old lad. You've got a football commentator. You've got a fight that was meant to be made two weeks ago and got eye poke, and now it's back. And then you've got Chris Weidman in the main event, moving up to light heavyweight for the first time. And he's going up against 11-0, unbeaten, Dominic Reyes. I mean, apart from kind of John Jones, as far as introductions to the light heavyweight division goes, they don't really get much tougher than this for Chris Weidman. Yeah, we said it before, innit, about 
this is probably on a larger scale in terms of the quality of opponent, but like the Vic and Price one, just why would you do it? <laughs> why would you manage your career by, like, if he loses this one, right, where the hell does he go from here? Can't go back down. I mean, it's a 20-pound jump, and I don't know how much Reyes cuts. I mean, yes, he's a little bit green still, um, but I just really, really think it's a tough ask for Chris Weidman. I really, I do. I think they could have fought anyone else, really. Just fight someone in the 10 to 15 rankings up there to get going. And Reyes was calling for John Jones. He's up there for number one contendership. Yes, I can see why Weidman's doing it. He wants to almost steal that number one contendership from Reyes. And his name will carry him to that title shot if he does win this weekend. I just think it's it's just a tough go. He's, he's notoriously had sort of he cuts a lot of weight anyway, Weidman. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be able to match Reyes size-wise. I just think it's a tough ask. I mean, I love Chris Weidman. I think he's a really entertaining fight. He's very unlucky. He always seems to be winning fights and then gets finished in the third round, it seems. But yeah, tough go. Reyes undefeated. Didn't, hasn't looked great recently, if I'm honest, but I, I can't really look past Reyes. It's just so tough, isn't it? When you look at Chris Weidman, former middleweight champ, he was the man who kind of ended Anderson Silva's legend and kind of just put a complete stumbling block in the road there. Since then, he's lost four of his last five fights. He's lost to Jacare, Masassi, Romero, Rockhold. Managed to beat Kelvin Gastelum in there, which is pretty amazing, but they are the cream of the absolute crop. So as I say, he's gone from middleweight champ, he's gone through that run, and now he's gone in, debut at light heavyweight, and he's an underdog here. Dominic Reyes is an odds-on, one-to-two betting favourite. Chris Weidman, who the, one of the kind of biggest names really in the sport, particularly in America, six-to-four, He's so much riding on this fight. I mean, if he wins this, he himself is right there in, in line for a title shot, to be honest. He's got the name value. He just needs to prove himself. If he can beat Dominic Reyes, who, like I say, he's pretty much the number one contender in that division. Chris Weidman is off to the races, and he sets himself up with a huge, huge headline money, money-making money event against John Jones. But, I mean, it's just such a big risk. Like you say, Dominic Reyes hasn't looked great, but he's just a lot bigger. He will hit a lot harder. He will have a lot more strength in that kind of clinching. I mean, I guess is that is that where Chris Weidman is still going to see his advantage in the wrestling, in the clinch work, in the grappling there, even though that Dominic Reyes is going to have the strength advantage, you'd think. Do you think that's that's the only way for Chris Weidman, I guess, isn't it, in this fight? Uh, if by grappling you mean he's like jiu-jitsu as opposed to his wrestling, I think that's where he's his only real option to win the fight, to be honest. Standing, you make a good point. He's going to hit so much harder, Reyes. He's used to that division and and the monsters that come along with it and the, the the level of talent he's fought. This just this just reeks of Rockhold's uh, recent. It does, doesn't it? It's almost identical. It's almost identical. Yeah. It's like oh, I'm a big middleweight. I'll move up twenty pounds, fight one of the top lads, and I'll be straight in. You've got, they're both calling out Jones before they fought their first fight at light heavyweight, and it. I just think it's going to get the same result, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I think I've got to agree with you, and it's a shame, it's a shame, but it is what it is, and that's the fight game, it's always going to be difficult for someone, isn't it? But co-main event, Yair back up against Jeremy Stevens. I mean, who did you pick last time? You're still picking the same bloke this time? I think I had Stevens last time, and I'm going to stick with him, particularly after what's happened. I think, he, he, I don't know, actually, I mean, it might make him a bit more angry, I don't know if you want to fight angry, I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do, but Yair is probably the same. I mean, this there's so many... So many more sort of fires stoked now with this fight. I mean, it's just, it's going to be an absolute cracker. I think what happened just a couple of weeks ago has just made this a must-see fight. 
it, and it's got repercussions in the featherweight division. I can't wait for it. I think Stevens back on home turf. He'll have uh, fervent support. I think that's a word. Yeah, I believe and so. R- R- Rodriguez has not covered himself in any glory. He's the heel in this one. And I hope and I think Stevens will get this done. What are you saying? Yeah, agreed. I think just the, the extra spice that's been added to this fight now is just going to take it over the edge. And I think I think that sort of atmosphere is going to favour Stevens. So I'm going to go with that. These are the only ones I've been able to get odds on, actually, for the moment. Stevens, 4-5. Yair, 10-11. to 11, So there you go. Almost impossible to split. And Stevens, a slight favourite. Should we run through some more? We've got uh, Greg Hardy. He's back. He's on this one up against some bloke called Ben. That's a Solly, 7-2. Don't know much about that. But again, being cynical, I'd imagine it's something they're setting up for Greg Hardy to get the win here. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. We've not seen him fight the other fella, Ben Sassoli. But as much hate as Greg Hardy rightfully gets, you could say, this is these are the people he should be fighting. 7-2, and two, not in the UFC. I mean, at five and zero or whatever Greg Hardy is, he shouldn't be fighting killers just yet. And and yeah, this is the way. He, this is at least he's not the co-main event. I mean, it looks like he's on the main card. I think is it, is that right? He's believe, on the main card. I believe main card. Yeah, yeah. At least we've stopped uh, watching him in the co-mains here, so <laughs> we're heading in the right direction there as well. But yeah, you're probably right. It's probably a, a tee up for another knockout. And we mentioned earlier, we've got a football commentator making his debut, Jonathan Pierce. <laughs> he, he's, he's bringing it back. He's gone for a change of career. He's up against another <laughs> legend of the game, Joe Lozon. He's back as well. Madness, this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. We, we don't know what his strengths are. Jonathan Pierce is obviously a good talker. Looking yeah. forward to his interviews this week, his pre-fight stuff. <laughs> Well, uh, he's, he was on the back end of his uh, commentary career, in my opinion, anyway. Talks a lot of rubbish. <laughs> Doesn't really know what he's talking about. Got ousted to the women's football recently, and even they've had enough of him. So hopefully Lozon can get a win this time round. He, he, it's been tough to watch some of his last few fights. You'd like to think this is his last one. Uh, I believe he is from Boston. So to go out with a win over the football commentator, Jonathan Pierce is just probably what he dreamt of as a kid. <laughs> I think we all did, Matt. I think we all shared that common dream. But otherwise, there's a couple of Brits that we should move on to. I'm going to start off. Meatball, Molly McCann, Liverpool legend. She's had a couple of wins now in the UFC, and she? she's building up that experience. And as far as contracts go, she probably only needs to get one or two more wins to get another big sort of extension, another big pay rise on that contract. So all fingers crossed for her. She's up against Diana Belbita in this one, who's, I think it's her UFC debut, but she's got some decent submissions on her record and stuff like that. So... Maybe on paper that's something to keep an eye out for, but we, we do know Meatball McCann. She's put a lot of work into her jiu-jitsu and her grappling recently. So I think, I expect Meatball McCann to get the job done. I think she just looks more and more comfortable in the USC, in that environment, with the whole kind of circus that goes around it, the more time she spends in it. Yeah, I, I wrongfully doubted her in her last fight. I, I didn't think she'd get it done, but she proved me wrong with, with her grappling. She looked she looked great. She got some uh, huge takedowns in that fight from memory. Don't know too much about her, Diana Belvita, but, <laughs> but uh, this, I think it's her debut, did you say? So I believe so. Hopefully Meatball can get the job done. Uh, it's, it's always going to be a tough ask, bar from the one or two exceptions. No one in the UFC is going to be a, a walk in the park, so... But yeah, Molly looked absolutely brilliant last time out, so hopefully she can continue on that in the right direction. What about the dentist then? Oh, the dentist. This is a tough fight. This cool. really is a tough fight. 6-0, and Darren Wynn, the Daniel Cormier protege, moved down from light heavyweight to middleweight. 
five foot seven, I believe he is. But um, yeah, he's an absolute monster with wrestling. In his last fight, though, it, it, it all depends on how Darren Wynn chooses to fight. If he tra- chooses to fight with Darren Stewart, uh, Stan, Tar- Darren Stewart, he's in a world of trouble. It's the last thing you want to do. If he sticks to wrestling, Darren could have a long night. But in the last fight, the interesting thing was he, it's almost like he tried to stand with Eric Spicely the whole time. It was an excellent fight. It was a brawl, and it was a brawl that didn't need to be a brawl. He could have easily taken him down and finished the fight there and then. It's almost like he wanted to prove a point and beat the fella at his own game. If he chooses to do that with the dentist, he'll be losing some of his own teeth. So <laughs> I, I, it, it all depends on that. I'll, I'll be pulling for Darren. He's looked good. He's looked strong recently, particularly in the clinch. But with Darren, uh, with Darren Wynn, with his sort of lower sense of gravity, it's going to be tough if he does choose to wrestle. Uh, hopefully he chooses to stand and bang, as they say. That's it. Joe, what are you saying? I think you've nailed it. You've nailed it. it that's it. it. Depends what Darren Wynn turns up. I mean, Darren Stewart, in his own right, fantastic fighter. Brilliant striking. Got some decent great mass on its way up as, as well now. But, you know, it's just it's a big deal. Big ask to expect him to be able, be able to hang with Wynn if he should go for that grappling wrestling game. So very interesting, very interesting cracking fight again. I think this is on the prelims. I mean, bump that, stick this on the main card because it's got all the potential for, for fight of the night, I would say. And yeah, just be interesting to see which Darren Wynn turns up because according to everyone out there, he could be the next big deal. So exciting times. Yeah. Also, look, Kevin Holland, always exciting on the card. You've got Court McGee, who's just... Brilliant story. Love Court McGee. So, so record, but always comes and brings it. Carl Bokniak. Remember his fight against Zabit? He's yes. on the card as well. Yeah. So, yeah, excellent card. It's one of them where uh, I think you have a few local lads on the prelims really trying to put on a show. Uh, and, of course, your two boys, Boston Salmon and Randy Costa. The lads. <laughs> the lads. Yeah, the lads, indeed. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's got plenty of plenty of spice. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that main event, that's very captivating as well, isn't it? That main event, what, what is going to happen, you know? I think we, like, like we've kind of suggested, we're a little bit downbeat about it at the moment because we can kind of only see a repeat of, of what's happened to Luke Rockhold and others in the past. But, you know, maybe maybe, maybe this one will go down the route of someone like Thiago Santos or, or Anthony Smith. Perhaps, perhaps that'll be Chris Weidman's sort of destiny, if you like, instead. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we're both big fans of Chris Weidman. Reyes, I'm neither here nor there with, so I prefer Wyman to get the win and put a big name up there to fight Jones or one of the other number one contenders. But hopefully it goes well, like you say, and not like those before him, like Luke Rockhold. All right then, young man. Other than that, I think we should wrap this one up for the week. It's been another good episode, actually. I've been some very good fights going on this weekend and plenty more to come. And before you know it, as we keep harping on about it, it will be time for UFC the BMF title in New York so nearly there sir nearly there absolutely my G shall we uh, shall we wrap it up yeah let's do it let's do it thank you very, very much for listening everyone we've enjoyed it I hope you've enjoyed it as well we are Split Decision UK go search for us on Twitter on Instagram Spotify iTunes SoundCloud Stitcher all the usual places yeah thanks very much for listening we'll see you next time see ya yeah, yeah.